this episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. By definition alone, they're inferior films. Bullshit generalization. Many sequels have surpassed their original. Oh, yeah? Name one. How many ride the bus this far north? You're running away from something? Somebody broke in and trashed the house. Christy thought it was a ghost. I know you guys are freaked out, okay? How does it feel living in a haunted house? There's something here that would like to communicate with us. We're all ears. Speak up. to be continued. Something inhuman. Something that's taken a blasphemous form to attack my faith. There's, look, there's no other way. When I was a kid, there was a place. Am I talking to the spirit that's oppressing this family? Number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, death scenes are always much more elaborate. And number three, if you want your sequel to become a franchise, never Ever. All right, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrors podcast. With me is Laura. Hello there. And Greg. Hey guys. And I'm your host Rob. How's uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. well. Doing good. A little doing spooked, good. but but Ooh. we survived. A little spooky tonight. Yeah. 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 How's uh, how's the gold room? Is the gold room even spookier than? Gold room's no. okay. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know if you knew this, Laura, but I installed four cameras in here to capture no. things while we're out of the Shut room. Up. Uh, <laughs> capture all the paranormal activity from the 1900s. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, we'll review the footage. I feel like the gold room is our safe place, you know? I don't know. I don't know. All yeah. I know is I've been seeing a shit ton of babies crawling all over the place, so I don't know yeah. what's going on. <laughs> I don't know. These are ghost babies. One of them had a bear hat on. I don't know what's happening right now. They're all drinking. One of them is probably your baby. Oh, that's true. One of them probably is my baby. I think Lloyd's serving them. I don't think there's an age. Uh, nobody cars in the gold room, do they? No, no, definitely. No shorts, no, no uh, age limit. <laughs> you guys, we talked about this last oh, episode. That's right. No all rules. The, all the no prohibitions rules. are just tossed wow. out. Yeah. yeah we got a bunch of spooky drunk babies crawling around. This is going to be a rough episode, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, but before we get in a little bit farther, we got to talk about our new sequel September intro music that uh, I think Greg uh. Uh, created. Or I don't know if it was Greg, if it was DJ Grave. I don't know who <laughs> busted out those beats. Yes. Uh, what did you think of it, Laura? What did you think of that intro music? I loved it. I knew what every line was from. It just, I, oh, I was so pumped up. That is exactly, it is just, it's perfection. I'm speechless. You're speechless. Nice, nice. Uh, talk about it, Greg. How, how'd you make that? How'd you, how'd you get, how'd you do that? It's, uh, so I just created this song. Um, you know, I'm still learning. Uh, there's a, there's a program on my phone. It's called GarageBand that gives you a bunch of different instruments and beats to work from. And you can just kind of really the possibilities are endless. So I put together this, uh, kind of musical number with a, a bunch of different quotes from the movies that we're going to be reviewing this month. Sequel movies and a little bit of sequel talk, um, obviously from um, 
our uh, our masterpiece Scream Two that we're going to be looking at, and uh, I think it's I don't know if it's next week or the week after next that. Week. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I had a fun time making it as as I do with all the stuff that we do. Yeah, it's it's super dope, man. It's super dope. I love the beat. Love all the references. It's really cool, man. It's really cool. I'm actually uh you know a little behind the scenes here. After we all listened to it, I messaged Greg and said like, dude, you got to start working on a new uh, intro music for us for next year for 2022 when we come back uh, for season oh, three. Shit. You know that'll be yes. super cool. You know I am uh, totally down for that. Like I said, I don't know. Is is it you, Greg? Is it Graves? Is it uh, No Heartbeats Inc? What do you got going on, man? <laughs> Who's doing all the work? Uh, it's Graves. It's Graves. He's doing it. I he mean, ch- what else? Ch- what else is he gonna do in his coffin down there? Yeah. He he's writing jokes at some point. He you know loses interest in that, and he's got to start writing music. So that's what he's been doing the past six months. We haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, yeah but he's he's, he's, he's gigging in the gold so. room this month. He's oh, gigging, he's, dude. He's DJing down there. He's DJing. Yeah. Oh shit, that's pretty cool. Then I like that. Dang, how come we don't get invited? What the fuck, man? <laughs> he's here <laughs> in the gold room. You what ask are you him, saying? You ask him. I haven't yeah. seen him. I haven't seen him, Brian. I haven't got a wristband. <laughs> what the heck? You know, I'm just saying. We we. Oh I think we man, that would make it. That would make a great movie prompt like you you walk into a room and um there's nothing there it's just old and decrepit and run down but you put on a wristband and then suddenly you're like in a you're in a grave rave oh i like and that it, I like it's that. like happening all around you but you need the wristband for it to to see it i like that i like that great yeah you just need to get the vip mm. man there we go i like it we'll work on that uh, let's see what do we got here uh yeah on to the, like i said this week sequel september we got new intro music for it uh this week we are doing 2010's Paranormal Activity 2, uh, which, of course, is a sequel to the first movie, which we reviewed back on episode 23. Uh, so let's see what we're wearing tonight. Well, we are. I don't know what's going to happen right now. Uh, Laura, what, what do you got going on? <laughs> I have reprised my role as Katie. <laughs> I kept the white tank top with the giant blood splatter stain and so i've put that on again and i've got my i've got a little baby with me a little <laughs> a little raw baby <laughs> yeah i know it's uh anybody listening just picture uh a baby uh, and then uh it has my face on it so i'm i'm a baby i have a pacifier in my mouth but um you spit it out there we go i spit the pacifier out um so i could talk again uh yeah and loris is holding me with a bloody uh shirt uh so yeah so that's me and laura what do you got going on greg um for the second time in a couple of weeks i am behind bars but i'm not in jail <laughs> i am in my crib so i'm uh i'm hunter i'm a little baby from this movie you're a little baby hunter in your crib looking looking yep, creepy yep. looking scared yeah i'm looking scared i'm looking uh you know scoping out my room um looking at the the dark empty spaces um and hear hear noises so yeah you see uh you see in laura holding baby me and getting scared <laughs> yeah <laughs> if i saw yeah. that in my room I, I would definitely i mean i don't know i'd, I'd pass out or something are, are you more scared at laura's bloody shirt or the fact that i'm a baby and i have a pacifier in my mouth you, you know you can't separate them it's it's one in the same it's a yeah, horrifying sight <laughs> it is actually super oh. horrifying yeah that's true yeah by the way i i just got this too the the mothman oh, nice. the, the Slothman shirt oh sweet. nice uh, and I, I really love it and wearing that as well cool cool t-shirt i like that uh yeah you mer- merch store you can check it out tpublic.com uh, slash user slash conjecturing pod um so let's see what we got going on here now uh let's see what we're drinking now what's in the cups all right, Laura. So, what are we uh, what are we drinking tonight? For a sequel September, we are just going to be doing throwback drinks because all of the movies that we are conjecturing, we have done the the OGs. Uh, so, like Rob said, we did Paranormal Activity One. That was episode twenty three, and we had red wine for that episode. So, here we are. Cheers. Cheers. Red wine. I'm glad there's not an age restriction in the gold room. Me and Greg are babies, and we're drinking wine. So. <laughs> I guess that's why. Yeah, I'm legal. Yeah, or it's legal. Me and Greg are drinking out of baby bottles. 
I am uh, a petite baby, so I, I am drinking a petite Syrah. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. <laughs> it's very tasty. Interesting. Nice. Nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, show news updates real fast. Uh, we just want to remind everybody listening, if they like our show, please rate, review our podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on. Um, also, a quick ad read. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. With Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners get unlimited access to over 70 million songs on-demand music, which is always ad-free, uh, and are able to listen offline with unlimited skips. By signing up with our promo link, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and cancel at any time. So go to getamazonmusic.com slash conjecturingpod to get started. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think we got any listener comments or questions or anything like that. Um, any follow-up from previous shows? I mean, last week we did. I mean, last week we did our Pick Your Poison. We did short shorts. We did a, <gasps> a script reading of my short uh, so I don't know what you guys want to talk about. Uh, what'd you guys think of the episode? <laughs> Did you guys watch any more shorts? Uh, what do you got going on, Laura? Yeah, I have a few quick updates and I don't want to spend a lot of time on them. So let's just do it. <laughs> um, okay. One thing I wanted to tell you guys was, you know, we've been doing this for like nearing two years and I have never had nightmares after recording ever. Hmm. Usually not even after the movies themselves. I, I usually will like watch friends or the office, go to bed. I'm fine. The night that we recorded the Pick Your Poison short shorts, I had just all night fucked up dreams. Wow. Are you serious? Like what? Yeah. Like, what did you dream? I, well, I don't remember now because I didn't write it down. Uh, mm-hmm. Laney taught us, but yeah, it was just, it was brutal. Was uh, it like, so that was, was one it, update. Uh, was it Ari Aster brutal? Yeah. Oh, no. Not, it's the worst Dang. type then, I think. Yeah. Oh, no. Bad. And you guys were both in it. And I think we were all just like fighting for our lives at that point. And, oh, shit. Dang. Yeah. That sucks. Wow. Uh, R- Rubber Johnny didn't come save us? No, there was not even a lick of comedy in my nightmare. Oh, trust oh, me. No. Well, look, Laura, did you make any attempt to analyze them? No, because I forgot them all when I woke up. Okay. All right. Okay. Interesting. Dang, that's too okay. bad. All right. Well, maybe, maybe, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, uh, you're, maybe you'll keep having them. Maybe you'll have them another day. And then uh, you have to write him down or something like that. I just remember that episode felt really dark. And I think it's because, like I said, usually we talk about one movie. And although there are dark elements to every movie we talk about, we usually will like cling on to something funny, a joke. We'll kind of try to make it as light as possible. Whereas this time we were talking about (laughs) like 15 dark stories. Right. It was just like one after the other after the other. Sorry, Laura. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you watch any other shorts? I did. I watched the Ari Aster one. No, <laughs> no, Laura. No, you didn't. Which one? I did. Which the one? Bad one. Oh no. The bad one. I can't. What? Did you watch it with your husband? I did. Except, you know what we did? <laughs> you you role played I... it? No. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did, though, which helped? This did help. Mm-hmm. We actually watched it without the volume on and just uh, captions. So you didn't that definitely he- helped a you little. Wanna, yeah, you didn't I didn't hear. I didn't want to hear it. Huh. That's interesting. I knew I was going to see it, but I didn't mm-hmm. want to hear it. Interesting. Okay. Question number one. What were you? <laughs> no, thinking? I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just am admitting I did it. I watched it. It's done. Well, we, I mean, I have to. We have to listen. It's 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 fucked up as I said, right? Oh yeah. Right. It's yeah, the worst. yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's it's the worst thing i've ever seen yeah i Uh, agree right i agree i I mean are you like me though are you able to like forget it you know or is it always going to be with you now uh 
It was going to be with me. This is why I watched it. It was always going to be with me just by you describing it to me. That's like true. you screwed me over just by that conversation. That's and, quite and true. And so, yeah. I mean, at that point, I was like, I guess I'll just watch it. Oh, that's how the train of thought goes. Yeah, for me, it was the opposite. <laughs> it was like, oh, now I know in more detail specifically what I will never, ever you know, you'll never catch me watching for the rest of my life. So <laughs> glad you went that way. That's cool. You know what, though? Whatever you imagine, you always you do imagine it slightly worse than how it plays out. Mm. I mean, it was bad, but it was it was better than you imagined it. OK, uh, you know what? Let's just move on. Hey, happy <laughs> stories. I also watch Dawn of the Death. There you and go. I yes. loved it. I think this falls into the category of it was like 12 minutes long and, you know, it felt like a mini movie. So maybe that's a little unfair to compare. Mm -hmm it to some of the shorter ones that we watched but this needs to be a movie because as soon as it was over i was like no i need to know what happens yeah. it was mm -hmm. so good yeah yeah the best it, one hands down yeah and if anybody didn't listen last week that's uh, rob savage and jed shepherd the guys who did the host movie from uh shutter original mm -hmm. uh it was their short uh that was super cool super cool so damn good that's good i'm, gl I'm glad you got the that one to you know, uh, get the taste out of your mouth from the first one you watched, you know. Mm. <laughs> uh, what about you, Greg? Did you watch anything? I know you didn't watch the fucked up one. I didn't watch that, but I did. I ended up watching like nine more shorts oh. um, and the long one. See, the, the, the tough thing oh. about that is when they get into like the 12 minute, 13 minute category, it becomes like an investment. And I actually take back something I said. I, I said that, you know, the longer ones almost automatically lend it to being better. But a lot of the longer ones that I started watching actually weren't. Um, oh. And I feel like they wasted a lot of the time that they had. And, you know, by the end, you feel, felt a little cheated. All very fair shorts, but um, <clears throat> two that I wanted to point out were the ones that I, I sent you guys, but I don't think you watched them, um, Alone Time and Stucco. Mm -hmm. I thought those were, were really good for being sort of a longer um, short. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I actually, I had a really good time uh, talking about those. And I feel like there's so many out there. You know, I even, yeah. I, I discovered like, there are channels on YouTube where they collect these and they compile these and they arrange them and, and post them. So there's so much. I feel like, you know, in some, you know, in a year or so, maybe we could reprise this, uh, and, and look at some other ones that we haven't seen yet because there's definitely some noteworthy ones out there, yeah. um, that we haven't watched. So yeah. Nice. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I, when you proposed that episode, I was like, okay, like that sounds cool, you know, but like after we did it and like watching them, I'm like, it was a great idea, Greg, about watching shorts. That's not something I ever would have thought about. I would have just thought about different movies or, or this and that, but not shorts. So exactly. kudos to you, man. Good idea, Greg. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so this week, this week, we're not watching anything well, not that fucked up, little fucked up and not that fucked up. This week, we're doing Paranormal Activity 2. Like we said, this was Greg's uh, movie choice, his sequel he wanted to pick. Uh, so why did you pick this, Greg? I had to pick this one just because the franchise has been so successful. Um, and that first movie was just so unique. We talked about this early on in, in season one of our podcast that, uh, how unique it was and how they made such a success. I mean, by like a rate of return, um, standpoint, right? The most successful movie that's ever been made, perhaps, right? Mm -hmm. right. It made over a hundred million yeah. and it cost, pennies and, and like a dollar <laughs> shoe yeah. to make mm -hmm. yeah. so just incredible uh so you know and, and we know that they've made 
I think we talked about this like land before time territory. They've made like 10 of these movies. <laughs> um, so I just, it's interesting to see where they go from the first one. And I remember the first three in the trilogy being, being fairly good. It's been a while since I've seen mm-hmm. this. So I thought, you know, we definitely had to watch this. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. So before we get into more of the movie here, uh, let's do our horror segment of the week. Let me uh, get the drop going here. All right, I got a question for you guys this week. Uh, so, like, of course, this movie, Paranormal 2, same as Paranormal 1, has a demon in it, of course. So I wanted to ask you guys, between these three demons I'm going to give you, which demon would you pick if you had to be haunted by one for the rest of your life, more or less? So we have, of course, the Paranormal Activity Demon, um, episode 23 we did. Um, the host demon from host, uh, she, you know, shed her original host, uh, episode 29 we did. Mm. And then you have the lipstick demon from insidious, uh, <laughs> oh, episode 75 man. we did. So you got the paranormal activity demon, the host demon, and then lipstick demon, uh, grinding away at his nails or whatever he was doing in insidious. Uh, so which one, <laughs> Laura's just shaking her head, Laura. So which one would you pick if you had to pick one to be haunted by for the rest of your life? You're probably dying in five minutes anyway, so. Right. I There is no right answer here. No. They all suck. I am doomed with all of them. So at this point, I guess I'm just going to pick the one that I'm the least scared of, and that would be the host demon. Interesting. That's the, you're the one you're least scared of? Yeah, yeah, I think that I was uh the least afraid of that mm. entity visually. Uh, I, I know I make fun of Lipstick Demon, but all that shit with the further, I'm not messing with that. Hell no. I No, that's not happening. And yeah, the Paranormal Activity movies horrify me. I mean, hosted too, but this just, no. Mm-mm. That's, that's kind of crazy, dude, because like, this is like an interesting thing for me, because to me, it's like these three visually are opposites of each other. So, you know, Lipstick Demon, you fully see him mm-hmm. and he's kind of ridiculous looking lipstick and this and that and like a hooves and and then Host Demon, you get glimpses of him and then Paranormal, you actually don't ever see it technically. So like, it's very interesting when you break these three down, like it's like a degrading like step, you know, which one are you going to pick? One you literally can't see at all, one mm-hmm. you somewhat see and then one that's just out there and it's ridiculous. I'm fascinated, Laura, that you picked the the middle one, the one that you see sometimes but you don't fully see him in all his uh glory you know yeah i mean i think you're <laughs> on to something there that could mm. be why like i said i can't explain why i yeah. just am like i don't know you don't know and the fact mm. that it's over technology which i know I'm, I'm still fucked he went after all of them anyway regardless of that but mm-hmm. just seems like an entryway i'm possibly able to avoid if i'm able to i, Interesting. I don't know yeah hmm. okay all right well, it, was, it wasn't the fact there was shots in that one they were drinking all right, you got me. I just want to have a good time before my last time, you know? <laughs> uh, that's funny. What about you, Greg? Which one I are you think, picking? I don't know. Like, maybe the – this is almost sounds like a like a blatant contradiction with what you said earlier with the with the Ari Aster short, Laura, because that one you said sometimes the things that you don't see um, – are worse, right? So in this case, you would think that the paranormal ghost or rather the demon or the uh, the host demon would be worse because you just you can't see it and your imagination would be maybe running wild with what it is. Like for me, that's kind of what it is is I don't I can't see it. I don't know what it is. Um it, it's terrifying, but I'm going to say, you know, and I'm going to use the same rationale as um as Gothica in terms of I want the best chance to survive. And I think that the paranormal ghost and the host ghost, 
they are more willing to interject themselves into the human life and start messing with stuff more and more mm. aggressively very rapidly too like they're just they're willing to fuck shit up and, and take what they want uh in instantly the insidious one i feel like i don't know yeah what is he doing spinning yarn in his <laughs> attic i mean he's cool just uh you know he wants a body to inhabit but he's gonna go through the process of the further which I agree with you, Laura. That is a terrifying prospect to have to go through that in order to save yourself. And I don't know, maybe at, at one time I probably wouldn't be willing to do that. But if I'm thinking chance of survival, like I will brave the, uh, the further and, and, you know, and, and confront him and, and bring my, uh, you know, whatever, you, what's that astral plane self back to the real world if that means surviving him. So I'm going to choose uh, the insidious demon. Lipstick, lipstick, uh, yeah. what's, his, what's he called? Lipstick demon. Lipstick, lipstick guy. demon. Yeah. Demon, lipstick demon. What if you just show up Greg wearing lipstick too? He just put lipstick all over your face. Can't beat him, join him. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean that might that might appease him if I came in with like lipstick all over my face. Looking lipstick like, Greg, I like it. Yeah. yeah, lipstick Greg. Oh no, <laughs> I like that. That's a good another T-shirt we could design. Um, Singing the song when I walk in, you know. And oh, that's true. Probably, Don't do it. I think that's that's what you got to do. Is you have to you have to scare that you have to out creep the demon. Like I'm gonna come in with lipstick, singing the songs. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to inhabit that body. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, for me, I think, um, man, I think I'm going paranormal. I think I'm going to go the paranormal activity no. demon. No. But mm -hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Greg's advice from episode 23 and just go homeless. <laughs> I'm just going to live in a cardboard box. You know, I mean, what's the worst they can do? Like Greg said, tip over my box. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Laura shaking your head. You don't like that. You don't like that answer, Laura. There is liter literally chicken feet prints in like flour. You're gonna you're gonna mess with that. You're gonna hey, wake Rob, up in your Rob, box. He can't drag you. He can't drag you down those stairs. He's just gonna drag you out of the box, and that's it. Yeah, yeah I'll just roll back that's into it. a box until okay. he bites his thigh, and then that's it. Now he's in a box. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but in that case, Rob, because you don't have access to like medical supplies, you'll probably die from infection before you die of the hunting. So, oh, and that's right. what we want. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know this is a no-win situation, guys. I'm just saying, definitely uh, no win. win. I was yeah. gonna try Greg's uh, theory and see if it worked out, but uh, I got a disease, so sadly, it didn't work out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if anybody wants to email us in, let us know what demon oh. they would pick to be haunted by. You can email us uh, conjecturingpod at gmail. Uh, or hit us up Twitter, Instagram at Conjecturing Pod, or leave us a voicemail on our website, podpage.com slash Conjecturing Pod. Leave a demonic voicemail on our website. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> want people to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's get to the movie now. So let's get to the movie. It's time to put the baby to bed. Let's put the baby to bed. Put Greg in his crib. Put me down. Laura, you got to put me down now. Put me in my crib too. Um, there you pat, go. Pat my back. Don't forget to burp me from the wine. Uh, let's see here. So we're doing paranormal activity too, like we said. Spoiler warning, of course. Uh, 2010 film director Todd Williams. He did the cell. Uh, budget of this movie, three million dollars. Yeah. So let's, I mean, we just talked about it. The, the original one, I think, was $15,000 mm -hmm. and then $3 million. I mean, I don't know where, you know, two and a half million dollars went in this uh, movie. I don't either. It looked yeah. very the similar actors, to right? me. Th these were the only actors, too, I thought. These weren't like, yeah. it's not like Brad Pitt's in there, you know? <laughs> 
Well, maybe not, but still, maybe like there's a there's a demand for for payment now because they know it's oh. going to be so successful. You got to. I mean, they, I mean, I don't know. I'm guessing that's true. They do have to pay them. We talked in the original episode that they only paid Micah and Katie like five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks. So yeah. maybe maybe part two. They're in this movie, of course. Uh, they come back in this movie, so maybe they like kind of were like, hey, like here's money for kind of both sequels. We feel bad that we mm-hmm. didn't pay you shit for the first one. So that's true. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. Um, still. Three million dollars box office, one hundred and seventy-seven million dollars. So it cleaned up in the box office again. Um, of course, uh, Laura, you want to do interesting facts? Yes. First fact: the trailer for this movie, uh, Paranormal Activity Two, used a lot of footage that didn't actually appear in the movie, and this angered many fans. But the director said they had to do it because of the storyline. So, I mean, obviously, spoilers, but this makes perfect sense to me. I actually remember this. I remember there's an image that is never in the movie, and it's it's an image that was on posters. I watched the trailers. Yeah, of the girl, like, all in, like, black with the long hair, like, standing in the baby's baby's, doorway doorway, or bathroom Mm -hmm. or something. Like, that was never in the movie. That was Mm -hmm. advertised. And I can kind of see why, well, I don't know why you would be so angered. You would be like, fuck this movie. I don't, I hate it. I'm going to give it a bad rating. I mean, that's silly. And it wasn't that different. Like, it's not like drastically different. It's just like, like I said, I'm pretty sure in the preview, it it shows the mom. I think it's the mom standing in the doorway, which by the end of the movie, she probably would have done that. So it's not like it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not like it was the dad, you know, where it's like completely somebody different, you know? Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, now that I know that they just kind of had to do that to trick you, I get it because even though I knew the storyline, you don't know on your first watch, this is actually more of a prequel than yeah. a sequel. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a reveal towards the beginning, but still it's a reveal nonetheless. So yeah, I mean, I thought that was a really interesting fact because um something that you don't think about and maybe next time we see a movie where we're like, that wasn't in the trailer. That's why. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fact. I don't know if you guys caught this. I did not. But around one hour, 16 minutes in this movie. So immediately following when the power goes out in the house, there is a single out of focus frame of Hunter crawling in the street <laughs> that quickly flashes on and off screen. So did you guys see it? Because I did not. So I didn't I didn't see it while watching the movie, but researching the movie afterwards, there is a deleted this is a deleted scene. Oh there's a whole like five minute deleted scene that they didn't put in the movie. But it seems like what people are saying that there's like a flash of it in the movie, which is weird. Um it almost sounds like they fucked Whoa. up in the editing then <laughs> if that's the like, case. Is it taken from the from the porch cam? Or what's the angle? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so the so the deleted scene, I'll describe it to you guys. So the deleted scene, it, it, there's a scene um, where uh, I, I don't know where it's at in the movie, but uh, the it's the dad and and the mom and the uh, is it stepdaughter? She's a stepdaughter, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the teenager. I guess I put her in my notes. Teenager. Yeah. They hear they hear noise stuff in the baby's room, and they run up there. So then they barge into the door and Hunter's gone. He's not in the room at all. So they start looking everywhere. They're looking in all the cupboards, upstairs, downstairs. They can't find him everywhere. The slider, the back slider door is open. So they're like, oh, like the back slider door is open. Maybe he went outside to the pool. So she runs out to the pool. She jumps over the fence because they show from the camera, the pool camera, that there's something 
floating in the pool and it looks like a child floating oh. face down. So you're like, holy shit, what is that? And she jumps in and grabs it and it's a bear. It's like a stuffed bear somebody threw in the pool. Oh my God. I've seen this. I've totally seen really? this. Yeah, this, is, this scene. is the deleted yeah. scene. Yeah. So then she runs back and she's like, and then they hear her crying and she like runs over and she opens the front door and then, yeah, it, it looks straight out. Hunter is in like the street from the, from the door frame, uh, crawling in the middle of the street. Whoa. And then she runs out and grabs him and looks around and then they just kind of cuts and like, that's it. That's the well, scene. Glad they deleted it. That seems totally senseless to me. With the except, with the exception of that, if you're a, a parent, I mean, that sounds absolutely terrifying for your child to be out in the street. But in terms of the demon is trying to get the baby, why would it want the baby in the street where it's in danger? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it, they, I didn't. There was no explanation of why it was cut or anything like that. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's interesting. Like I said, I didn't notice that image that maybe they left in in the cut. I don't know, but I don't know why that image would be there of him in the street in the actual movie. I feel like I need to watch it again and like, what yeah. one hour, sixteen minutes, and see if. It's there or not? Um, that's super interesting, though. Um, and it, it did make me think, though, because like we're like we're not into the review yet, but I wanted to like to say something really fast, like as we're talking about it. Is like there's like a whole like subplot of the pool, like the pool. They show the pool always. They talk about like the pool filter a lot, and I feel like there is no payoff with the pool. And so like this. This deleted scene somewhat has like a payoff from the pool being like you think the baby's drowning in it. So like for me, like the fact that they cut that was kind of like not great because then you have all these things that are leading up to something with the pool and they never nothing ever happens. It was kind of weird. The demon just liked playing with the pool cleaner. I could argue that <laughs> the reason for the pool was to lend to the dad's incredulity of mm. the situation, mm. right? With the, I mean, I would agree out of all of the camera angles and all of the scenarios, the pool seems to be the most useless and definitely the, the, the one with the least amount of payoff. But if there's anything, it's that the dad seems to spend the most time outside so he's most familiar with outside the barbecue, the pool yeah. area. So this is his domain to where he can try and prove, oh, this is not real. But it's a stretch. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, yeah, if anybody listening, if you didn't see it, uh, check out one hour, 16 minutes. See if you see that scene. If not, go to YouTube and you can see the that cut that they did put in the movie. Well, Greg, I uh, I hate to say this, but if you don't like that, <laughs> then you're really not going to like this fact. I have my last fact here. So just like the OG paranormal activity, it's been confirmed that there was an alternate ending to this film as well. Of course there was, yeah. And in that ending, Katie kills baby Hunter by breaking his neck. Oh. And according to the <laughs> website, uh, Bogbit, it was never shown to the public eye because it was claimed as too violent. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if Artie would even do that. That's some that's some crazy shit. I mean, I'm telling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say the exact same thing I said uh, from the original Paranormal. Like, if they did that, I would I would like it. I would like it more if they did that. Like the balls to do that of end your movie with it, and that goes back to like me and that having to watch the RES oh shorts God, of like man. I gravitate towards fucked up, and like that's super fucked up. If you to end your movie like that. <laughs> Wow, you got balls to do it. You guys know me. Like, <laughs> I, I really kind of have that line where it's like, you, I, it's obviously fiction. We're not really killing babies here, but just that <laughs> that notion when it gets to like kids and this like pure innocence where like they've literally haven't done a single thing wrong in their life and you're depicting violence and death. Like, I don't know. For me, I, I just, I can't get with that. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, uh, we've been going too long on all this stuff. Let's just get going here. Uh, let's go uh, cast, Laura. You want to do cast? Yeah. We've got 
Sprog Graydon as Christy. Oh my god. I don't wait, know. Wait, who? That's, oh, that's a girl's name? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I thought that was like a Moses Storm coming back. Sprog Graydon. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's an oh. awesome name. They definitely need to get together and make a baby. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Okay, we've got Brian Boland. That is the dad. Molly Ephraim. That is the sister teenager. And then, of course, we've got Katie Featherston and Micah Sloat back again. Our Katie yeah. and Micah. Yep, yep. I was super surprised to see Micah back. I completely forgot. So I was like, oh my God, this show's yeah. back again? I was, hey. like, I, th- I was like, I thought I got rid of you. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a little upset. Uh, Laura, you want to do synopsis? Yeah, so the synopsis of Paranormal Activity 2 is that you basically start this movie with Katie's sister. She's married. Um, Her husband has a teenage daughter from a previous marriage. They've just had a newborn baby boy. And, you know, her sister is Katie. Katie comes over and we quickly learn that this is not just a sequel. It is a prequel. And nothing has happened to Katie or Micah yet. And we learn that this family has this history with some specific demon that is out for clearly any male in the family, newborn male. And we kind of see what happens with Christy and her family and how it all happens to Katie and Micah from there. And it's really cool in that it's like a prequel and a sequel because the majority of the movie takes place before the events that happen to Katie and Micah and then some after. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, let's just um, let's just start where we normally start. Opening setup of this movie. Um, I think it's very similar to the first Paranormal. It has mm-hmm. the whole, like, we'd like to thank the families of the deceased and the police force for helping us in this production and this and that, which is always creepy to read. Uh, did it? Did you guys watching this one again, did it make you feel the same way reading that as you did in the first one? I think it has less of an impact because you're like, oh, this again. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, when you start watching movies, if you allow yourself to get into the mode of like, I believe this is true. And obviously back then after the first one, you realize it wasn't. Um, but if you b- let yourself get into it, it's kind of creepy. I mean, well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. You could look at it as, oh, well, they just everyone dies. Great. Great to know. You just actually roll credits there. But you could also look at it like. Oh, well, it says the families of the deceased. Well, we don't exactly know who the deceased is. So it leaves your brain to fill in those gaps and you kind of figure, oh, that's what the whole movie is going to be about is to figure out who is the deceased and how they die. So, you know, it just depends. You really have a couple of seconds and it c- could set the tone for you positively or or negatively kicking off the movie. That's true. Laura, I saw you nodding your head with Greg. You agree? I agree that it is not needed and has zero effect this go around for me at least for me uh the that first time i believed it i think i told you guys in that episode that mm-hmm. we recorded i fully believed it yeah you start you started calling 911 in the theater i think yeah. <laughs> i was like this shit's <laughs> real holy moly uh, yeah so then when i saw it this time i was like no this is not real why, why even say this you know, I remember that when the first one came out, this was really the beginning, I feel, of when, I don't know, it, it seems to be around the time when YouTube started. This was like the frontier of reality TV and, and, and video. So we didn't know, there, we didn't know, are there rules to showing actual deaths in the movie theater? This was something that at the time you questioned yourself. Nowadays, you'd go, okay, of course you can't show that in a movie theater. It's a tired trope. But at the time, yeah, you were like, oh man, did they make a movie and show it? 
Did they censor some stuff to where it could be possible that they're showing it? <laughs> like you said, Rob, am I going to have to call 911 because no one's reporting <laughs> yeah. this, these missing people? So that was interesting then. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it works the second time. That's true. That's true. I know I was going to ask you guys too. Um, originally when we did Paranormal 1, of course, in that review, you guys both said you saw it in theaters. You remember those experiences. Did you guys, do you guys remember seeing this in theaters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that take coming in watching the second one now in the theater with people? Like you said, already knowing kind of like, oh, it's not real. I think there was still just as much energy actually. And real or not, I mean, it's still, it's still really scary. And, uh, if this kind of thing, gets you then the first three or four movies are still gonna get you yeah what about you greg watching this in the theater back then? oh man my theater was insane i remember <laughs> i was at the very very last row at the top and if the first movie got a little bit of buzz because of the you know the test audience thing after the success of the first one the second one was insane almost to an annoying degree to where there were just a bunch of teenagers like yelling and talking and hitting each other and all this stuff anytime there was something scary about to happen i started like throwing pop corn at some people right in front of me and oh my god wow. i mean because they were like ruining the scenes but it was i agree like the energy at the time was in probably like the most excited i've seen a crowd for a horror movie like ever in my life this part too oh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool um yeah let's uh let's talk about more of like the opening of the movie itself what did you guys think of this setup of this movie comparable to of course the opening of the first setup uh I mean, to me, they're very similar. I mean, this whole movie is just really, it's, it's the same exact thing. They're doing the same thing again with different people. Um, but what did you think of this one particularly in the opening setup, uh, establishing kind of the family, this new family you're following? What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I liked it. I, I agree. I think it's very similar to the first one. Same vibe, basically same story, just different characters. But I still liked it. Um, I thought it was fun to see what I thought was just like a brand new family. There's two kids. There's a baby. Like, how is that going to work? And then obviously, like pretty much very early on in the movie, we see Katie again and like how she ties in and oh, it's family. It's her sister. So I thought it was great. My only gripe, and I think I mentioned this with the first one, is I just don't know where all this money is coming from, you guys. Like both these houses are gorgeous. Uh, like I, I just He's a I don't king. know what's happening. He's a king, yeah. They're both they're both all kings and queens, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, you didn't catch. Uh, I mean, he owns a couple of Burger King chains. So is oh, that what he's real? Said? Yeah, you guys didn't catch that. I didn't catch no, that. I when did, did not say catch that? that in the backyard. They were like talking. Oh, well, aren't you the Burger King? And he goes, I don't own every single Burger King. I, I'm pretty sure he said that. So I think he's a restaurant owner. Oh wow, I thought they and were they and they are ballers. Like I, I've. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was just joking about he was barbecuing burgers. So I thought like they were joking about being the barbie like the Burger King, not like oh, actually. I don't the know restaurant. if I misinterpreted, but that's that's how I took that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't. I have no idea. That just seems crazy. See, you were reaching for an explanation because mm-hmm. they are ballers. Yeah. yeah, every everyone in this movie. It's just wow. Crazy. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, Greg, what did you think of like the opening note minus the burgers? To be honest, I, I loved the, I love the opening. They obviously can't duplicate, you know, the scene for scene, the first one. It, the, the format is very similar, but in the first one, Mika was just interested in having a camera because you immediately understand that they're encountering paranormal things around the house. The, in this family, they're actually not. So it's just they bring their baby home and there's a little bit of home footage. In a split second, he's suddenly two years old or something. And then I think that what you, it gets to the scene where their house is completely vandalized. I think yeah. this is almost like to the end of the opening that it gets, which I thought it was a great setup to where 
you know, obviously the only missing item in the in the house was just this family heirloom or some kind of necklace. And I thought that this being the catalyst for installing the surveillance cameras around the house was a really great idea. Otherwise, it's very hard to rationalize. Other, you know, is he like a camera, you know, fanatic? He just loves cameras. I think that you can't do that. That same thing. It's like, so this was, I think that uh, mechanic did two things. One, it made you realize, okay, there's clearly a ghost in the house. Maybe they don't know it yet, but as an audience, you know it. And secondly, it gives you a great reason to install cameras in creepy spots um, around the house. So that was pretty awesome to me. Yeah, I totally agree. I wrote the same exact things in my notes of like using the the trope of a burglary to have a reason to install cameras, which you're going to use for the rest of this movie visually yeah. was genius, really smart. And it, it gives you the, you know, what do you want to call it? The, you know, camcorder vibe, you know, you want in these type of movies, but t- giving it a little bit of a twist instead of a handheld camera, you're going with a security camera. I thought was a really smart way to do it. Um, I really like that. I, I was confused too in the beginning, Greg, with you. Like, yeah, there's a baby. And then I'm like, wait, now who's this two year old? I was like, I was like, yeah. at first I was like, are there two kids? How many kids are in this movie? <laughs> I was like, and then I was just so confused in the beginning of this movie. And then when Katie and Micah show up, I'm like, where, what is happening? Where are we? Like, I, I, oh, but wait, <laughs> didn't you love though how the first time we see Katie, they're like, where's Micah? And she's like, oh, he didn't feel up to coming. So you're like, yeah. oh, cause he's dead. <laughs> because <laughs> you thought it was happening after because that, that you're exactly right laura that added to my confusion of like when is yeah. this like because yeah i'm like when is this when she says he's not there i'm like okay wait is this, so this is after and then he pops in i'm like when what is happening in this movie i was i was confused for the first like 45 minutes see i like that i you liked like that it. yeah like yeah. i didn't i didn't care ultimately because i'm like i know i know it's probably going to get solved and it's you hate about, mika well i do hate him that's true <laughs> once he shows up i'm like you douchebag what are you doing here again? You know, and you get you get the the first like because technically this is the prequel of the first inkling of like oh I, I want to like cameras too now I want to be a camera guy it's like <laughs> yes you, makes you hate him even more you little scumbag <laughs> yeah it's so funny yeah yeah um, <laughs> um, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about characters and acting this is one thing we had like a slight uh, gripe with in the original because they weren't aren't great actors in the original one they were pretty good for having like an improvised script. Um, but what did you guys think of the characters and acting in this movie? Uh, like I said, having more of a budget, maybe these are legit actors. I think they probably found who had like a track record, not a Craigslist ad or whatever they did back in the day. Uh, so what do you think, Greg, about the characters acting in this movie? I mean, I thought the, I thought it was great. It was great. I bought into pretty much every scene, especially with the, the surveillance footage scenes. I thought Christy, so that's the mom played by Sprague, Sprague, Brayden. Anytime she was holding uh, Hunter and she would hear a noise and then pause for a second and then just kind of stare out the window for a bit, I felt like that would be my reaction too. You know, there's those moments in the house where you hear a noise and it's quiet and you just kind of freeze because you want to be able to identify what that was. So I like that. And in fact, it made me think or just like question myself, um, you know, from the actor's perspective, is it easier to act natural and more in the flow when, you know, a camera and a crew isn't in your face? Like, I just, I kind of imagine that it would be, you know, you would almost feel like you're just at home because I, at least I imagine that all of the surveillance footage um, was taken from the corner and you didn't really have a huge uh, set crew like you would, like all up in your face. And it seemed like they probably 
capitalized on that because everyone seemed comfortable um, in all those scenes where you're just looking at it from the the security cam. Um, so I thought she did a good job, and uh, of course I thought the the dad Daniel, Mr. Burger King. Um, <laughs> He did a good job. I felt like they wanted you to kind of hate him constantly. Yeah. Uh, because he was just brushing off Christine Alley's claims that the house was haunted. But like, if you think about it, if you're from his, if you're looking at things from his lens, right? And you don't believe that any of this is true. You're probably thinking, okay, you know what? My role in all this is to calm down my family, you know, and then maybe have a little bit of fun in the process. Obviously the thing with the dead bird pretending he's going to barbecue it or the, the, the scene with the pool cleaner jumping out, you know, uh, of the water. Like, I just feel like it's a very bad thing to do, right? Like he kind of wants to be the voice of reassurance and like honestly let's face it he's clearly not nearly as bad as mika right because mika no. not only believed he knew that there was a demon but he was trying to provoke it so he's yeah, clearly on another level so as annoying as this dad was for not being on their side i was i was okay with him um throughout the the whole movie so i thought that the mom and dad were standouts to me um compared to everybody else yeah yeah what about you laura i loved the character and acting of the teenager. Oh, I really? thought she was fantastic. I mean, the acting was spot on to me. She acted like a legit teenager. And then I thought her acting also was great. I mean, I thought all the characters were fine. I definitely went back and forth with hating the dad. I was writing down in my notes, like Micah point two, like, okay. <laughs> like I get your point, Greg. He definitely wasn't as cringe worthy. Because we also see scenes where he loves his wife, he loves his kids, he loves his dog. That's really nice to see and brings warm and fuzzy feelings. But he also fired his like live-in nanny, oh, who I think we they've been together for a long time over like just doing a little bit of like it's true. Nothing it wasn't hurting anybody, the incense and yeah, so like that and then also just like leaving to go to a meeting during a time when it's like life or death. I don't know. Like he definitely made some questionable choices. Gotta, but acting gotta wise, make those burgers, man. You gotta get those burgers flipping. You know? <laughs> I got yeah, I, I don't know. But acting wise, I actually thought Christy was the hardest for me to watch. She honestly didn't like have a whole lot to do, to be honest with you. I just, uh, I didn't feel it. Yeah. I didn't feel the fear. No. I didn't feel the fear. Well, her whole thing through this movie is we can't, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to mm -hmm. talk about it. Right. Like at the beginning, she's freaked out. Yeah. Then when yeah. she meets, talks to her sister, her, you know, sister's like, we don't, we don't talk about this. And then the rest of the movie, she's pretty much in denial, which means she's not really reactionary to anything. Yeah. You know, and then of course the end, you know, when she's like zest or whatever you want to call it, like she's lacking emotion there because she like has like no soul or whatever you want to call it so like yeah they, they didn't really give her a lot to do when the first movie like katie has a whole like 45 minutes of like being happy and joking and, and being angry yeah. at micah for parts and this mm. and that and this one she's more like oh i just need to keep calm i just need to keep calm so it's kind of like it almost worked in her disadvantage the writing and what they want to do with the story right yeah that's a you good know? point yeah yeah for me as far as characters and acting i thought everybody was pretty good you know like i said i definitely didn't like the dad you know which is you're supposed to so that makes sense i was the same as you uh laura being like you can't take a day off work dude like there's like multiple times in this movie where he's like has to leave the daughter in charge to watch the baby has to like go do this had to do a meeting I'm like you can't just call in sick dude 
Like, what the hell, you know? So that was kind of annoying. Um, and same thing, I thought the teenager was really good in this, you know, for being really in the pilot. Good. I was going to say the youngest person in the cast, but there's an actual baby, you, yeah. know? But, uh, <laughs> you know? But I thought she was really good, too, in this movie. I thought everybody was pretty solid. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about Hunter, about the baby, you know? I mean, you, I don't know how much you could say is acting, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he needs to brush up on his acting skills, that, that baby. One two year old baby. <laughs> Get him a coach, for God's sakes. <laughs> I'm like, I did not believe you're wailing. I did not believe it, you know. Um but let's talk about him a little bit and the dog. Because I feel like they are two big characters to me in this movie. Uh did, what did you guys think of the baby and the dog in this movie? Did they work for you? Did you believe what they were doing in scenes? What do you think, Laura? A thousand percent. What are you saying right now? Yes. Oh my god. Anything that had to do with the baby and the dog is what got me. Yeah. Nothing that really happens to adults gets me in this movie. It's just <laughs> the, dog the dog getting like beat up and you can't see it and the way it's moving or the baby getting like lifted out of its crib ah, like that's what gets me so yeah and i also think i i like that they did that i mean it's really hard to make sequels and first movie is so great and by adding this other layer of having a baby and an animal two things that you know 99.9 percent .9 of your audience really cares about mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a good touch. It, it's, it was super smart from the writing perspective of putting mm -hmm. them in this story. The two yeah. things, like you said, Laura, that nobody wants to see get hurt. Everybody's going to root for them to hopefully be safe. Um, so super genius. What, what do you think, Greg, about the baby and the dog in this movie? Uh, yeah, I didn't think about how intelligent the placement or it was of them until now when you guys said this. And you realize it is dogs and babies are probably the most innocent aspects of our lives. If you think about it, like no one thinks there's a malicious dog out there. No one thinks that there's a, there's a malicious baby out there. So I think that lends itself to us thinking that for some reason, and I, I know you guys had to have sensed this before that they have some type of seventh sense, yeah. sixth sense, seventh sense when it comes to like sensing paranormal things. Right. So there's all these scenes where they're staring at some blank part in the room and you God, if like my kid did that or if my dogs when they were alive like did that you immediately think okay angel face you're seeing a ghost now <laughs> like i i can't go into that corner anymore you know um and so they did that very effectively in this movie and there's also the fact that the dog can't co really communicate specifically what he's saying what he's seeing same as the baby they can't articulate words all they can do is react to something with a very vague bark or very vague crying or wailing and it's left you it's left to the viewer to interpret it. and of course you're just you know there's a demon there so you're just interpreting it in the worst most horrifying way possible and the fact that you can't see it just makes it that much scarier so i thought it was really smart especially pairing them together it just amplifies that that sixth sense thing exactly exactly yeah because that gets into the next thing i want to ask you guys you know we'll talk a little bit here about like the horrorish elements the footage scares and that leads me into asking you guys right away about the kids. Do you guys, you guys both have kids, of course. Uh, did either of your kids ever like look at corners randomly, think they're seeing something or a dog? If you had a dog, did either of your kids ever do that? Oh yeah. shit. I I guess, that. Oh no. <laughs> it's like both of you guys. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't have very 
I try to forget these these moments, but you know when you put him to bed, sometimes this happened a lot when he was around two. He's he's about a little over three now, but when he was around two, he would say stuff like, you know, there's a monster over there, like there's a dentist in the corner or something like like really random stuff that you know, like talking about things in his on his wall and you know, it's just it, it, I I you just try to forget those because you go okay, he's just talking gibberish because I I've been to Greg's house and, and I've been in. His- his son's room. It, it's a creepy that flickering room. Light. You saw flickering, the flickering yeah, light. Yeah, you got a flickering light for no reason at all, and then you have your kid talking about seeing dentists in the corner. I was like, dude, you're, you're, that room is haunted, too. Come on. Damn. Uh, what about you, Laura? What did your kids see? Did you see like a lawnmower man? Did you see a, a crossing guard? No, you know, actually, my daughter has never done anything like that, and I think I actually mentioned this in the paranormal episode. Or the first one we did but the one thing she does do though is that she sleep talks a lot Mm. and that can be pretty frightening you know especially when she's saying weird shit like you know oh walk backwards that'll get it or you know something (laughs) weird like that but i don't have dogs unfortunately i'm just an animal lover but i have two cats And this was actually a few years ago, different cat. One cat was the same, one cat was different. But we were briefly staying with my parents in one of their old houses. And (laughs) the cats would just stare at this one corner in the ceiling. Every day, all day, they would just be statues staring at it. And I would always look up there and I'm like, is there a spider web? Is there a bug? And there was never anything there. And I never felt scared ever. But they were so obsessed with just staring at one portion of the ceiling that I was like, I don't know why I'm not more scared. There's clearly something there. But I just kind of told myself, it must not be evil because I don't feel scared. They're not acting scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something. It's a as a as a mouse ghost, a little ghost of a mouse up there. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was really bizarre though. The fact that both of them, if it was just one, I would have said, okay, well, one of your cats is you know your cat's psycho or something. But the fact yeah. that it's both, they they can't share a common delusion, so they're both seeing something that's that's there. Yeah, exactly. crazy. Yeah, I I, yeah. I don't think my son ever did anything like Greg seen a dentist in the corner or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, the only thing I can remember is like, yeah, like in. in in uh, the house I grew up in with with uh, my parents, uh, I think I said this in the original Paranormal Activity episode that we have like one room that's like seems like haunted, and we had like a beagle, and we have been multiple dogs over the years, uh, like a German Shepherd, and, and they would all like multiple dogs, multiple. I mean, over decades that would just always bark into one corner, and it's like, come on, oh, like no. so there was definitely something, you know. Um, I I was I was unlike Laura, I was shitting my pants. I wasn't like, oh, it's fine, fine, <laughs> you know. Um, I was scared, so wait. Do your parents still live there? They still live there. They still live there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still live there. One of these we days, should, we should have done this podcast in that corner. <laughs> in that corner. Oh dang! It would be even more fucked up. Just everybody listening. So, like, we edited out part of this podcast because Laura's uh, headsets turned off. <laughs> Every time we do a paranormal anything episode, something always happens to Laura. Whether it's her uh, headphones yeah. or noises Solely or you. her internet or... The lights flickering during the Conjuring episode. Every freaking time we do a paranormal episode, something happens at Laura's house. We keep telling her yeah. she just needs to go pop her head in the attic and see what's up there. No, <laughs> but I did just remember something. So I watched Paranormal 2. It was on like Stars or something, right? I've watched other shows since then. My daughter is in our bedroom. She says, I want to watch Paw Patrol. That's her favorite show right now. And I'm like, cool, that's on Prime. 
time, I go to turn on Prime, Prime's not stars. I hit the Paw Patrol button. Mm -hmm. The episode looks like it's starting. It freezes. And then all of a sudden, Paranormal 2, halfway through the movie, the scene where <laughs> the girl, the, the teenager is like in the dark and her eyes are glowing and she's oh, freaking out, no. comes Whoa. on Whoa. and is playing. And I am doing all sorts of crap with my re remote. I'm pressing every button. My daughter's like, this is scary. What is this? <laughs> And I can't get it off my TV. Oh, wow. what? I had to fully like do a hard reset on everything, turn everything back on, start wow. fresh, get Paw Patrol rolling. And I'm like, why did halfway through Paranormal Activity 2 start right now? <laughs> that, uh, that, that demon in your house did not want to watch Paw Patrol. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> I don't blame it. I don't blame it. I'm over it. It's Marshall. <laughs> wow. That's freaking, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. It's just so weird. Every time we do one of these episodes about paranormal stuff, Laura's fucking house. Uh, we we joke that one of these days we do need to go all up to Laura's house and we're back alive and we're allowed to do that and record. I mean, just in her house would be fine. I don't know if I would even go in the attic to record. I'd be fucking scared. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never been in the attic, so yeah. I don't know. Oh, wow. Man, maybe we'll just push Greg up there and see what happens, you know? Oh. <laughs> I'll go and retrieve that photo that's, uh, you know, above your room there. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about real scares in this movie. You know, not Laura's scares. Uh, okay. Do you guys want to spot out any jump scares in this movie? Anything that got you? Anything that was maybe not as good as the first one? Because there's a lot of stuff they do repeat. Uh, what do you think, Greg? Huh, well, I, I did like how there it's. They do follow the same formula of, you know, night by night, day by day, and they number it, right? Day one, two, three. I think we get to like 10 days or something like that. I think it's oh, like 15 yeah. or 18. Is it? A yeah, lot. It's a lot of days, way more than the first one, yeah. which mm -hmm. does seem kind of excessive. I think the one thing they maybe do get right is having the haunting being a gradual process, right? So the dog scratches at the basement door for a little bit. Uh, the baby cries randomly in the middle of the night. You hear these random thuds and you know, Martine. I, I like the having the, the mechanic of Martine as the housekeeper and she's clearly more superstitious than everybody else. And she's kind of like one step up on that, like one rung on the ladder higher than the baby and dog in terms of being able to sense the paranormal because she yeah. starts chanting in Spanish and start, you know, she's saging the whole house. Um, so that part kind of lent itself to, okay, well, she sees something that nobody else does, which was really creepy. Um, but yeah, I think um, the, the part that I just, I have to call it is maybe the scariest and most amazing, you know, practical mechanic in terms of scare in the entire movie is is the the kitchen scene oh, where mm -hmm. Christie's in there. She's at the bar. She hears like a, a light noise outside. It's daylight, of course, the time where you broad don't daylight, broad daylight. You don't expect anything to happen, and if you do, you usually you feel like okay, well, I'm protected from this. The sun's out. I'm good. She's sitting there, and then all the the, the doors and the uh, all the cabinets and the drawers and the entire kitchen open. Just they slam open all at once. And it's I mean it's a little bit later. There are several scares that lead up to this this is maybe kind of the, the peak uh, well second to the peak in terms of like scares that aren't really like hurting people um and that one i thought was amazing i i love i don't know how they did that they probably had a bunch of different sensors and things in the background but it looked very practical especially from from the camera's angle it just looked so natural to me i love that yeah that, that is a really good one it's a really good one. the fact that it's a day it, it makes it even more fucked up that it's in the daytime you know uh what about you laura do you want to spot out anything creepy uh you saw in this movie yeah i mean i have to say just to follow up with what you said Greg like that scene scared me the most on the first and second watch of this movie and it's like all I remember about this movie 
Yeah. So I on this watch, I I wasn't as scared because I knew it was coming, but it was definitely a heavy scene for me, though. You guys, it's every scene where someone is being dragged the baby out of the crib, the mom. And she wasn't dude. like it's one thing when Katie got pulled, you know, in the first movie. But in this one with Christy, she got pulled like high speed. I mean, this thing was like, I'm about to fuck you up. It really pulled her down the stairs really fast. This is the, I, this is the, this is the demon in its prime. You know, it's fresh and ready to go. You know, the second, oh my God. the first movie's a sequel. So uh, he was a little that, tired by then. Oh, that one made me jump. But the baby being pulled out of the crib made me make some noises. I was like, ah, like, oh my God, no. <laughs> Just, yeah like i love it but i hate it yeah mm-hmm. in the yeah. first paranormal when she got pulled out if you guys remember the camera was from the room so you see her get pulled out of bed and out of the room when the door closes you don't really get the aftermath of that this one they almost like extend that scene because you yeah. got the camera mounted high up in the living room you see her get pulled down the stairs which probably happened to katie too but here you actually see it going down the stairs and she's trying to grab on to anything that she can and she's like screaming like let me go ah it is just it is so jarring yeah i mean for for me like uh, i said in the first paranormal activity just like the first time the door slightly moves i'm like oh my god you know it's just like like it still works it still works on me a door just barely moving like i'm nervous you know because Mm -hmm. to me it's just so real like that's such a real thing you know it's not like a giant boogeyman is you see him doing it so it's like clearly obviously fake you know so that that gets me all the little subtle things i think were really good in this movie the pots and pans falling down i don't know what's up with demons and pots and pans like fucking host movie they're doing pots and pans like was this guy like a ex-chef in the day or something like that he was cooking in hell like what's up with pots and pans you know um but uh when it gets into like the bigger stuff of course the baby stuff is creepy when the for me like when, when the demon starts pulling the baby's foot like it's it's creepy but then like when the baby's like horizontally being picked up <laughs> I was like, what? It's it's insane. Like, it's insane. Like, the foot was enough. I didn't need to see him, like, horizontally being, like, slid up the railing. It was crazy. It was like, holy mackerel. You know? But one of the ones I really, really dug, I mean, we'll talk about the big ones towards the end of the movie, of course. One's I, one I really, really dug a lot was um when the teen sister's on the couch. When she's oh, on the couch and the, yes. the TV starts flickering and everything. And then this is the only time you actually kind of see something, I believe. And all you see is like this dark, like shadow, like coming over her, like slowly. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, you know, she like, you know, gasps, uh, you know, like like something was above her. But but I really liked that one just because I could visually see something. I thought it was super cool in that moment. Um, So that one I really liked. Um, I did want to point out, did you guys like the Ouija board scene? (laughs) <laughs> that was definitely improvised <laughs> that first part <laughs> i was i forgot like, i forgot most of this movie i don't remember the last time i saw this one uh, i always think i always remember the first one and the third one this is one i always kind of forget a bit uh, because the third one it goes in a totally different direction uh, yeah. a bit you know but that ouija board scene i started laughing I, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, come on, that's my humor. Like, I would do that, you know? Right. Um, and I was laughing to be like, what is he spelling? And, uh, you know, it was a pretty funny scene. Did you chuckle on that scene, Laura? Oh, I totally did. But I have to say, I'm happy that all three of us are laughing about this because I listened to episode 23. I wanted to hear, like, what we had to say about the first one. And we were all very upset that there was a Ouija board and 
like don't fuck around with that. So I think it's funny that now we're like, ha ha, that was funny. That was a funny scene. <laughs> Stupid kids. Ha ha. Yeah. Like would I really do that? No, I would never really no. do that. But in, in the scene, I thought it was funny. Cause, cause I, if I'm not mistaken, like at the end, it was starting to spell out Hunter, right? It was. Yeah. He was like H and N T or whatever. And I was like, oh shit. So, yeah. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't make that connection. They're like, oh, you want to be a, you want a pussy hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was just like still stuck on the fact that it's spelled oh. pussy. But, you know, I guess it makes sense. Like, we're not mad at teenagers for being teenagers, but we are mad at Micah, a grown ass man, for being a douche nozzle, you know? Well, I'm yeah. mad at the fact that they, the, the Ouija board was one of three things I was like, you know, quietly mad that they even included in, this, in the movie. Hmm. I feel like there are horror tropes that need a long break before we bring him back. The Ouija board, we don't need to see that for a long time, right? <laughs> it's in every movie. The birds flying into windows when there's something haunting happening in the house, we don't need to see that. Claw marks on doors, I don't know. We talked about this in Insidious. Claw marks, claw prints, like claw things don't really – maybe you guys feel differently, but that doesn't really scare me, and I feel a little bit drawn out by that because I, I don't know what it is. I'm not. Maybe I'm just not understanding the meaning of what a claw mark is, but those – like things like that, I feel like we could do without for for a good long while. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, did you guys want to shout out any other scares or anything? Uh, I, I think like, well, not like in terms of scares, but I just want to call out the, this, this use of the, the surveillance footage. Um, and I don't know if this is the only movie where they've, they rely solely on security surveillance footage. I don't know if any other movie has done it. I imagine some movies have done it since then, but definitely at the time, I don't think any other movie had done it. But I, when you really think about what this, uh, this storytelling device, I think it is very clever. Obviously, they're, they're fixed position cameras, right? They're running 24-7 in color so they can see both day and night. So, you know, you're meant to think this is just found footage and they're just picking and choosing what they're showing you. So the thing is that they are installed in such a perfect position and angle in each room or area to where, you know, one, you can see every part of the room, right? And two, you can see what the characters don't see. Like, you know, things are on the corner, things behind them, um, especially in the living room shot where you can see kind of the kitchen a little bit to the left and then the living room front entry area to the right. Things are happening on one side that the other, that the characters can't see on the other. And I just, I think it's great because, you know, the scenes are really drawn out in the sense of like, it's raw footage, right? So I don't know, I feel like, 10 seconds, I started to like settle into each scene and look at the different, my eyes would like wander and look at things and I would expected certain things to move or objects on the table. I was like, oh, that moved, that moved. Um, yeah, yeah, but again, I, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you though, Greg. That's one thing I did put in my notes of the fact of uh, how this movie, it, it does like what you're not supposed to do in like film. Like you, you're shooting a frame. It's supposed to be whoever's the the character is its center, and it's focused on them. And the background barely matters. Like this movie, the the people in the frames are like either to the bottom of the frame or to the side, and then it's leaving you like seventy five percent negative space of just yeah. the room. And I'm the same as you. Like when she was laying on that couch, and you're like waiting for something to happen. Like all you see is the kitchen and you see a hallway yeah. and you see the closet door. And, and all I'm doing is like analyzing the background. Like you said, Greg, 
you know, and it does it in so many scenes. So it's interesting that it's like you shouldn't normally do this, but it turns it into a positive because it makes you so anxious. Just you're paranoid. Seeing, it yeah, builds paranoia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're just wanting to know, like, what's in there? Where is it going to pop out of? Like, shit like that. Yeah. So it's, it's to me, I, I loved it. I loved when they do that stuff. Did you have another thing you want to talk about, Greg? No, that, that was, was it. it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The okay. camera stuff. I, I did want to ask you guys about cameras. Like, do either of you guys have any, like, security camera stuff in your homes? <laughs> That's funny you say that because um, we have cat cams, which are security cameras, <laughs> but we only turn them on when we go on vacation because mm -hmm. you can leave cats for, like, up to a week, honestly, with like dry food and, litter and yeah. tons of water or whatever. Um, but we'll like have them on in case of an emergency. What is a cat cam? Just so we can check on them. No, I, like I don't talk know what it them. is. It's literally a security camera inside the home and it like you can just look at it during the day and see what they're doing. But or you can even have it uh, alert you if they like walk by. I think what Greg is asking, like, is it like a little like baby monitor you put on like shelves? Is it mounted in the ceilings like this movie? Well, like, what makes mounted, it what makes it a cat camera versus just a camera? It's just a camera. It's actually just a camera, oh, I guess. Then, yeah, you call it, it a cat really camera because you have cats. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't think Greg was questioning the name itself. I was thinking it was a camera on the collar and you could just see like where it's going. You ever oh, see no. those videos? Like it's <laughs> jumping over fences and you know drinking out of puddles and stuff like that. It's like, it's licking, like licking the other cat's ass. You're like, it's like you're you're really <laughs> invested in your cats like, wow. no, 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 no. <laughs> no i just do it if we're gonna be gone for a while mm -hmm. because i just you know we, we've got some people that live nearby and we're like in case of emergency like they could come by you know yeah, but yeah. anyway but so we do have these like interior cameras to me they're never on unless we're gone anyway mm -hmm. but you know brooks my husband wanted us to get fake outdoor cameras Mm. You know, people do that. Like, let's just get fake cheap ones so people think mm -hmm. our home is secure, even though it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then on a Black Friday, I found out that the real ones are actually not that expensive. So this last November, we bought them. You guys, our house is so secure now. We have cameras like the front gate, the back gate, and Ooh. I am daily checking the footage. Really? Hmm. Yeah, like I'm obsessed. Oh, and you're not afraid you're going to see that's, something? Because that's my big question with this of like watching these movies, especially this one with like the, you know, the, the cameras they put in your home security cameras. Like I don't have any and I never want them now. Like I don't want to see what's happening when I'm not there. I don't want to know what the ghost is doing when I'm not <laughs> home. As long as he doesn't do it when I'm there, I'm fine with that. So it's like almost like I don't want to know. So Laura, you you have the cameras. You're checking them daily. You don't ever feel nervous, especially with your fucking haunted room we know about. No, because it only shows me a clip if there's movement and it's never been anything bad. Oh man, I'm more worried I... about I'm more worried about real people. Watch tonight. Now I'm gonna get some fucking crazy shit. You are. To show you do guys, you but... do you have a camera in your room you're right now? Because you, normally you record no. from oh. Um... Uh, one of the cat cams is technically in this bedroom, but it's it's unplugged and put away in like a drawer somewhere right now. Tonight, can you please plug it in and just kind of no. see what you record overnight, Laura? <laughs> see, you are a little nervous, right? You are this a little is, nervous. This is right? like the it's whole weird. question of like, if you're stuck in the middle of the ocean and you're floating, do you want goggles to be able to see what's underneath you? Oh, you know what I mean? True. It's like, oh, fuck. This is where I think like, Laura, that question put... just really, really upset me. <laughs> she, oh my she, God, she, I am shook. She turned into oh, a ghost. God. She's a, she's a <laughs> Laura, let me ask oh, you this. God. Okay, here's a scenario. You've let your, you know, your um, your in-laws take care of the cats for the weekend. You're at work. You get a notice that there's motion in your house. Are you looking at the footage? Fully... <laughs> 
knowing that it could be Pazuzu, you know, hit face right up at the I've never thought it was camera. Pazuzu. Okay. We, we had All this right. discussion on the the original paranormal. Laura's not super super paranormal believer. Yeah, I, you, I think paranormal I am a little bit. You are not. You, yeah, I don't you, think it's happening to me though. Yes. That's the, that's yeah. the difference. She's she's delusional and self-centered. <laughs> so that's why she doesn't think it's happening to her. <laughs> Even though we've had like 10 episodes where it's clearly her house that's happening to. <laughs> but, uh, got Laura. Um, but for me, like, I'm a super believer. Like, you know, well, I wouldn't say I'm super believer because I, I know people that are really, really believers that think they can like see them and stuff. And I'm not, I don't think I'm that, but I'm the type that like, I don't want to see it because I believe I would see something. Greg, where do you align? Um, I kind of, well, first of all, I'm still stuck on the cat camp thing. I'm just, <laughs> I was just thinking right now, it would actually make a good horror video where the camera's like the GoPro camera on the cat, call it paranormal activity, and just watch the cat go through the house and like capture things that it's seeing. Capture things, Because, you know, like we said, the, the, the cats have a sixth sense. That's well, true. I don't know if the yeah. camera does too, but uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, um, I have, I don't have, well... I may or may not have cameras in my house. Anyone who wants to break in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But if I... Greg, just... Wait, wait, wait. Greg, yeah. just... just. <laughs> do you know that... Do you remember the short circuit mask you made? Just put that oh. against your window, dude. And nobody's coming in that house, dude. Right. Nobody's in a break-in. That's creepy. Not me. Oh, um, man. I, I think, you know, I would want to know what's going on on the outside of the house. So, like, I want I want cameras, right. like, on the exterior. But nothing inside. I mean, I mean, you you never know if uh you know what's walking around here during the day. I'll just leave that. Let it be. Oh yeah, the outside is business. what is what I want to know too. Yeah, Greg, That's you, you the got footage. A, I'm constantly you got, looking. You got at. that dentist wandering around in your house looking for your fillings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, banging pots and pans around. Yeah. Yeah. God. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. I think Laura's <laughs> getting scared now. Um. Let's see. <laughs> let's uh. Let's talk about like the. I guess just more about like kind of what this movie is. Prequel, sequel, like the storyline, timeline with it a bit. Uh, some of the tropes it's introducing. Um. Some good. I actually like. Uh. What did you think about that whole like part? What they're trying to do in this movie, Laura? What do you think? I thought this part was genius because I think, like I said before, like I, it wasn't anything anyone was expecting or knew going into it. And I, I don't think I'd really seen it done before because it wasn't a true prequel. It was mostly a prequel. You go into it not knowing that you think you're seeing a sequel. You quickly find out, oh my God, this is all happening before the whole Katie Micah incident. And then you get three fourths of the way through the movie and we learn that I'm just going to say it because I think we're there. You know, the possession started with Christy and her douchebag husband learned <laughs> that you can transfer it, but it has to be to a blood relative. So they transfer it to Katie three fourths of the way through the movie. So now it's not a prequel. Now events for a short period of time are happening at the same time mm. as the events in Paranormal 1. And then you get to a like... Towards the end, you get to a scene where it says like, okay, now Micah's dead and we've hit that point. And then it does for like the last three minutes become a true sequel. I just mm -hmm. think that yeah. that in itself was genius. I really liked it. Yeah. What, what about you, Greg? What did you think of that whole plot device they used? I really, same. It is genius. I really enjoyed it. You Again, you, you start off very slow. It's a bit of a slow burn, right? So Katie visits a couple of times. Christy says that she feels like after the house got broken into, she has this feeling like when they were kids, you know, um, and it leaves that open-ended, you know, makes your brain run wild. 
Uh, they're going through the photo album. They see that same that photo of Fucking Katie, picture. that yeah. same damn picture. And by the way, did you guys notice the picture of Katie and Mika on their stairs? I didn't. No, Mm-mm. it's the same picture that got cracked by the demon. It's on no. their stairs. Greg, I swear to God, it's not Katie and Mika. It's Christy and her husband, but it's shot in the exact no same way. fucking way. There's I no way. To God. I swear really? to God. I saw that and was pissed. It looks exactly like the same. That's I know. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean, so take that out. It's still like the connections <laughs> that they draw were were great. Um, even like, you know, Allie, would, so the daughter was initially very excited about the house being haunted. There was that moment where she says to her dad, if it's mom. Yeah. This is kind of hung there like, oh, maybe so she thinks it could be the mom. This is where they sort of make a distinction between ghosts and, and demons because she sort of does her own independent research. And this is similar to like what Mika goes through in the first one. And she realizes that, okay, well, because of the persistence and the increasing aggression of this spirit, whatever you want to call it, it's probably a demon, right? Which it has malicious intent and it's something you don't want to mess with as opposed to a ghost, which is just like, you know, Casper, you know, maybe <laughs> cooking some eggs on a pot or something. But the whole thing is like, I don't know if they even thought about this, you know, after, you know, while they created the first movie, but if they didn't, it makes it even more genius the, the way that they were able to flesh out the story. The idea of, you know, and we've heard this in multiple movies. I can't think of the last one, but where if someone makes a deal, oh, hereditary, if someone makes a deal with the demon for wealth or power, it requires the soul of the firstborn male in the family or the next born male yeah. in the family. So of course, Katie and Christy are sisters. So again, as a, as a viewer, anytime she comes over and start talking about the past, it just gets your brain the the gears in your brain turning and you're trying to understand like what happened when they were kids katie was saying that oh they don't remember much but except that christy was also very scared and upset and i thought that that was a very effective storytelling mechanic because i feel like when we were kids rob i'm sure you experienced this we all developed some type of fuzzy hazy memories that maybe we can't really place especially ones that were very haunting or scary so this mechanic kind of plays on you know, on that, that fear and how you could interpret, interpret, interpret your memories as being valid hauntings. So they do a really good job of making you scared of that and connecting it to the first one. And given the fact that you go into this movie, not knowing that it's connected, and then you start almost like you're the investigator here. You're like, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like you said, Greg, I definitely don't remember a lot of my childhood. I probably was haunted by most of it, I think. Um, but I just don't remember any of it. Yeah, but uh, definitely, yeah. Like you said, I really like the the lore they're starting to build in this movie. You know, with the next born son making a deal with the devil. What I like about it is like it's done subtly. It's not like hitting you over the head with like, here's what's going on, everybody. And you know, it's very subtle. It's like one scene where she's kind of researching it, and I like that because it's just giving you like a little bit of a tease of like what might be going on here. It's not like a plot in the movie. It's just a little tiny breadcrumb of like, hey, guys, like here, here might be something, you know. But I did want to ask you guys, like, what is up with demons and males? Like, what the fuck? Like, wh- why do they only want balls? Why do they not want women? Like, what what, what do you think, Laura, being a female? Well, women are awesome. No, no. OK, listen, <laughs> I, honestly, I think this kind of leads into what Greg was saying earlier. We keep seeing the same few things just over and over, over again. Wanting the firstborn male, the scratches, the Ouija boards, all of that. And the only thing I could think of is just that, like, 
there must be things somewhere from a long time ago that quote unquote say or prove that these things happened and we've just hung on to them. And that's why they continuously are used in horror films because it's like, we all recognize that as like, oh shit, that's real. Yep. That's, mm -hmm. that's how it works. <laughs> but then we don't question like, well, why? Right. Why? Mm -hmm. Did we read the first, you know, written piece of paper that said, or rock? <laughs> That said, like, oh, yeah, they left scratches at my door and then the demon came and got me. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about the ending. Then let's get to the ending. You know, uh, it, it's kind of a two parter. You have the ending of the movie. You have like the aftermath of the of the ending itself. Uh, Laura, do you want to set it up? OK, the ending. Christy gets possessed. She gets dragged. She is in a closet all night trying to scratch her way out. And she has a bite mark on her thigh and she is no longer Christy. She doesn't talk pretty much comatose, but then will get up to protect Hunter or to attack if you get anywhere near Hunter. Uh, and somehow the dad goes from a complete non-believer. I'm going to fire like a family friend who's been working here for this many years to, hey, I figured out that the, my wife is absolutely possessed and we're going to transfer the demon into somebody else. You know, he, he does that switch real quick. So they they figure out that it has to be blood relative, but they can essentially transfer the demon out of Christy and into Katie and dad makes the call. They decide to do that. They do it. They have Martine come do some kind of ritual and everything is great at Christy's house for a minute. And then all of a sudden part two ending is uh Katie walks in after the fact of paranormal one bloody tank top. She walks in, she kind of the dad's, you know, like probably fell asleep, snoozing on the couch, watching TV, whatever. She's just kind of staring at him. And then all of a sudden she walks up and just breaks his neck. One second, gone, goes upstairs. Uh, I think Christy's holding Hunter in the bedroom. And she just walks in and boom, kills Christy, takes Hunter, walks out. That's it. We have no idea of uh, Katie or Hunter's whereabouts. Yeah, it's it's a cool ending. Um, What do you think, Laura? What a way to end it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. For, I mean, it's for, very, oh, very sad. I'm very sad that <laughs> these people are dead, but <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I don't think you cared about the dad. I like much, that. But... That was a great backpedal. I love that. Oh, it was I mean, amazing, yeah, the, the broken mess. Yeah, it had some redeeming qualities, but yeah, we kept talking about he did a bunch of questionable things. And then at the end, when he was just like, we're just going to transfer this demon to Katie, yeah. who cares? I felt like he got what was coming to him. You know what yeah, I mean? Like knowing I everything. Because I wanted to ask I you guys agree. too, because I, I, I wasn't exactly sure about this. I remember them talking about they were going to transfer it to the sister. So I'm like, I understand that part. And then I remember them burning the photo on the edges. But then I, I don't, they don't show it. And I want to ask you guys, does that mean he went to her house and placed oh, the photo in her attic? Maybe that was the last part of the ritual that we didn't see. Because oh, otherwise, how does the photo shoot. get there? Yeah, because how does the photo get here? When, I just thought the demon put it there. That, well, yeah, in the original movie, that's what you think is like, that's how it gets there is the demon did it. Well, this is like hereditary when they did it to the kid. Someone snuck into their home and put all that stuff above the kid's room, right? Because, yeah, to me, that's, that's thing. like so fucked up. It's one thing to be oh, like, I'm passing, I'm passing on this demon. Yeah. I'm going to burn a photo in my own home. 
And if it's, you know, I mean, like, it's a ritual. I mean, like, who knows if it's going to work or not? He's he's believing in this. But to actually go into her home, I mean, he probably didn't break in. Or he probably went there when they were on vacation or something. And go into her attic and put it there. To me, that's, like, super fucked up. That's super intrusive to me. It's yeah. one thing to send a demon, uh, yeah. but not go into her home, you know? So when he got his neck broken, I was like, ah, oh, you deserved it, fool. Well, you know, is he, man, Rob, is he not just trying to look out for the safety of his son? He, he is. And that's, like, a dilemma i do have at the end of this movie when he gets his yeah, neck broken of course. when he gets yeah. his neck broken i'm like yeah you deserved it but then like you think more of like, like would you do that what would you do yeah yeah i, I mean what i i mean i'm not i guess technically i'm not giving up my own sister i'm giving up my sister-in-law you know i mean you know oh oh well she's not a listener it's okay you know um <laughs> she's not a listener <laughs> It'd be funny if you you see you see the dad's face goes. Oh, is she a customer at Burger King? She's never come in. Oh, she's got to go. Yeah, I mean, what about you guys, uh, Laura? I know you do have a sister-in-law. Uh, I'm not sure, Greg, if Greg has a sister-in-law. Uh, but uh, would you guys yes. give up? Would you guys give up your sister-in-law to protect your? your 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 family i just don't think i could go through with making any choice i'd probably just be in freeze mm -hmm. which would mean nothing i would do nothing you would go do homeless, nothing go homeless, go homeless. Just <laughs> i just fucking hope that well, it look, all works out look at look at what his decision look where it got him they died anyway this is very yeah. much like an like an it sure. follows situation like you can pass on the demon at some point but it's going to come back to you at some point you're delaying yeah. the inevitable and in the meantime you are exhibiting very immoral actions um although you know what i mean so i don't know <laughs> what do you think would win in a fight like the the george mirasan demon from it follows or or the paranormal <laughs> uh the hoofed hoofed invisible demon oh man does it have to be the george if it has to be the george mirasan demon oh you can pick you can pick maybe it, pick can a different pick. One. it can't be the humping mom trying to hump him oh. <laughs> <laughs> I no, you know, that's, oh. that's the way, that's the solution out of this. When you're being haunted by a demon, find another way to get haunted. So you've got two demons coming, oh. you know, just go head to head with each other, Dang, fighting for a, your soul and they kill each other like a double tail. That's a super cool like movie idea. I've never seen a movie. We've seen Freddy vs. Jason. We've seen like the movies where like the big bads fight each other. I've never seen one where like the name of the demons fight each other. Because they're looking for the same yeah. individual. That's a dope idea, Greg. I like that. I'm going to option that, Greg, and write a short. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my nook. Conjecturing, conjecturing pod 2020 or 2021. Uh, TM. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> did, Greg, did you talk about the ending itself? Did you like the Katie ending coming back and everything? I didn't talk about it. I'm with you, uh, Laura. It's just wonderful. wonderful. Okay. Yeah, I'm sad. Um, <laughs> but brilliant. I remember watching this in the theaters for the first time and being like very much my mind was just blown. Like, oh, you know, you're doing that thing. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, you know, you just yeah. that's your reaction sitting there. I didn't have that same shock of course watching it this time around but the memory is still there and seeing them tie these pieces together so i just want to say seamlessly I, I i felt like there were very few gaps and knowing that this was probably not their intent when they created the first one being able to weave it together so seamlessly and seeing mika and katie the, they acted very much like they did in the first one it just it wove together so perfectly i love the ending yeah yeah i agree no, i agree so, yeah. I, I like the ending I, I dug it a lot i mean if she if she happened to break the baby's neck I, maybe i would like a little bit more i don't know we'll see you know? <laughs> <Wrong>. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was just thinking like <laughs> the reason we're not sad is because there's a baby and a dog and even the teenager. Like we like the sister, mm. I think. And yeah. she was, we found out she was away. She wasn't even there. So she was right. unharmed. So it's almost like they were the last two on the list. So it's like, oh, okay, it's a horror movie. We know people yeah. are going to die. You know? Right. Yeah, I guess if you say so, Laura. Um, no, I would not have liked it if they killed the baby. I That would have completely, no. no matter how much I dug this movie, if that happened, I would have then been like, nope. Really? I would have to create a new shirt, like not don't kill pups, don't kill babies, you know, hashtag movie tropes or whatever, you know. <laughs> in case yeah. you needed, in case you needed a reminder on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. That's true. That's true. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's move on here. Uh, let's see where we're gonna go. Let's just go to Rotten Tomatoes. Get to Rotten Tomatoes now a bit. Here, some of the scores. Uh, again, I think they're kind of surprising a bit to me. Uh, you have a critic score of fifty eight percent, fifty eight percent of this movie. Uh, audience score forty eight percent. I think that's very similar to the first movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, listening back to our episode, they were lower than we thought. I feel like people can be so pompous. That seems unreasonable basically again what you're saying is to the average person 50 is is an average movie people are saying that this is a below average movie mm-hmm. uh 58 i think is pretty good almost right? 60 mm-hmm. yeah and again I, I don't know if we just made it up that that measuring that yardstick that 60 percent <laughs> is good but yeah <laughs> dude no paranormal activity had an 83 percent critic what really wow 57 83 to 57. So 83 critic, 57 audience. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's, that's super surprising that the audience would be that low, but uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I pulled two overviews here. Both of them are critics, but the first critic to me sums up what a lot of the audience said. Um, so his name is Jeff Beck. This is from the examiner. Uh, this is in 2012. Uh, like when this movie came out and he says, uh, to put it simply, if you've seen the first film, then you've seen this film. There's nothing new offered here. So there's not much, uh, there's not much of a point I'm bothering with it. And he gave it a two out of four. And that's honestly, most people that didn't like this movie, audience and critic just said, this is the same thing. We, we we're seeing the same thing again. So whatever, you know, which I mean, I somewhat agree with that. I, I don't know. I don't think Greg does yeah. a bit. Well, I, I agree on a very surface level. Is yeah. it the same formula? We just talked about that. Yeah. But look, here's the thing is what this movie does. It not only makes it better by tying into the first movie, it makes the first movie better by tying yeah. into the first movie. Like when I watch Paranormal 1, now I'm also thinking about this movie, the timelines, what happened, everyone's motives and their intent. And I think if you can actually improve how another, how another movie is, you get bonus points for that in my book. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the other review here I have is somebody that's becoming a regular critic on our show. Uh, good old Raj. Good old Roger hey, Ebert. Raj. Uh, good old Raj. Yeah. Back, you know, um, and so in 2010, uh, he wrote uh, the movie numbers the days as they tick away. And along about day 12, I'm thinking, why are these people still here? So he didn't <laughs> he did. I did not like this movie. Give it a one point five out of four. Ooh. Oh, uh, Raj, so come on. I guess for him, it was Raj. just a little too a little too long. We, we, like we said, Greg, they went to like 18 days. I mean, you know? that was ridiculous. I agree. Slow yeah. TDS, yeah. Yeah. So good old Raj didn't like this movie that much. Um, so let's see what we gave this movie. Let's just do one to five. <laughs> like, if you were to shorten his name, he, it's, it would be Raj, like a hard J. You're calling him like a, you're making him Middle Eastern. He's like Raj. <laughs> it's not. It's, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Short man. version of Roger. I just want to point that out there. Raj. Is that better? Yeah. Is that better? J- yeah. Like J- Jar. Okay. All right. Yeah. This is good for, let's make this noise more for a podcast. J. J. Okay. All right. <laughs> 
Everybody listening, we're sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> Laura lost it right now. Uh, let's do our ratings. One. <laughs> throw soft chase at me, man. <laughs> Just throw me off. <laughs> yogging? Is it yogging? <laughs> oh my on, I'm, a, I'm a baby. I'm drinking wine all fucking night. Give me a break, man. Come on, you know? Um, all right, all right. Let's do, let's do our ratings here. One to five. Let's do the obvious. How many baby hunters are you giving this movie? And if one of you assholes give a half, then you're fucked up, man. You're more <laughs> fucked up than I am. Don't do a half a baby. Come on now. Um, so what do you think, Laura? How many baby hunters are you giving this movie? Well, I hate you because... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did this right. on purpose. Listen, right after I watched it, I was like, this is a four. I liked it. My only complaint, I think, was the fact that we got into like 18 nights. And I was like, hey, yeah. I remember the first one being a slow burn, but like, this is crazy. You know, like, let's get let's get it going. And I didn't love some of the acting, I guess. But yeah, I thought this was a solid four. I gave the first paranormal four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I after talking to you guys, I almost feel like I like this more than I thought. So I was about to give it a 4.25. Wow. But I can't give it. I can't give it a fourth of a baby. <laughs> You're not going to do that, You're Laura. really going to do it's this his, to me? It's as chippy. I mean, if, if you want to, Laura, I mean, you can got to get creative. Maybe he doesn't have a hat on. Maybe he doesn't have any booties on. You know what? You I go. got it. Yes. That kid had so much hair. Listen, <laughs> that kid had so much hair. My daughter did not even have any hair until she was two. This baby was two and had like luscious hair. So let's say it's four hunters and then just he got his first haircut and I'm holding all of that hair. <laughs> That's the point two five. <laughs> Very specific. Okay. You asked for it. The handful of hair. That's, <laughs> that's more fucked up than I think like a arm, like a cutting off an arm. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> all right. So 4.25, 4.25 for Laura. All right. All right. Uh, what about you, Greg? How many baby hunters are you giving this movie? This movie is way better than people are saying it is. Mm. I, I think mm, it's way better than people remember it to be. Um, I think to get a really, really high ranking in my book, like you have to be almost like groundbreaking for the most part. They did. We already talked about all the stuff. They copied all the elements from the first one. And there were a few of the ones that I just thought were very trite and, uh, you know, and worn out. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, overall, they get so many bonus points in my book for, for mm. tying it in very well. So, um, I'll say, I'll say four hunters. Four hunters, four hunters no, four yeah. full hunters, no haircuts. Full, no, no haircuts, no, no cuts of any other kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're giving this the same exact score because I went and looked. You're giving the same yeah. exact score as the first Paranormal 4, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think they have deficient. This one is a lot cleaner, I think. It's a lot cleaner, more well-produced. Uh, and whereas the first one was a little bit messy and, you know, I think it got a little bit boring with, like, the same old stuff. But, again, that one... They have they balance out in different ways, mm. but I think they're about the same. It's, it's just like I knowing Greg's rating system and how weird it is. Like it makes sense that Greg, 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 Greg. That's like when I'm like mid mid transformation to Greg. I told you guys, I'm a, gotta, I'm, a, I'm a baby. I'm drinking wine. Give me a break. You gotta you know? do Gre- the, the like soft J, Greg. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, it, it, like it's like Greg. Uh, guh, Greg, um, doing his four and four <laughs> makes total sense because his, his ratings like don't align normally like me and Laura, which are very linear. For me, I would not be able to give these movies exactly the same score. I'd have to say one is better or worse. And I think that's what Laura is doing with giving it a two yeah. five. Yes, exactly. Uh, so for me, Rob with a B, um, <laughs> 
um i'm i'm i don't like this movie as much as i like the first one Mm -hmm. like to me it does a lot of the same things it introduces some new things but to me it just doesn't work as well to me it doesn't give me those like nerve nervous feels i had in the first one um so i originally gave uh the first movie a four i'm gonna have to go 3.5 i'm gonna do a three and a half hunters i'm not laura i'm not doing a haircut I'm just saying uh, what they should have done in this movie. They just ripped that baby set off. Oh, uh, so, Rob, no. So three and a half hunters, three full hunters, and a and a headless uh, headless hunter. You know what? I'm going to be really annoying. I'm going to change my answer to four. Really? Yeah, and the reason is because I... You, just, you don't want a haircut? <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that I also really enjoy the third one. And if I had to rank them, this one would be wow. last. And I'm like... <laughs> You guys in your comparison of movies, I, I know. swear to God, it's going to kill me. This is what most days. people do, Grage. Grage. Yeah, Grage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we created another character for Greg now. There's three now. You got, you got, you got Graves, you got Greg, and Grage. <laughs> don't, we don't know what Grage does. I got to think about it and figure out what yeah, he does. Yeah, when we get know? together, we just we touch fists and we yeah. become like an ultimate version of me. Maybe he's just like the dentist that roams your house. His name is Grage now. <laughs> Grage Anatomy, man. There you go. Where there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So, oh, that's, uh, so that's it. That's our ratings there. Uh, maybe we'll have amendments later on. Who knows? Uh, let's see. So uh, that's it for the week here. Uh, next week, we're going to continue with our sequel, September, and we're going to be reviewing 1997 Scream 2. Uh, this was Laura Pick. Uh, no surprise there. Laura's uh, oh, favorite series of all time there. Uh, let's see. And don't forget our schedule. The rest of the month is going to be on Twitter and Instagram at Conjecturing Pod. Also, please remember each month we have our conjecture choice. So keep sending in those picks. Keep them ringing. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else have we got going on here? Uh, you can contact us uh, conjecturingpod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram at ConjecturingPod. Uh, most importantly, our website, podpage.com slash ConjecturingPod. You can leave us a voicemail there. Just do pronunciations of, of, of alphabet letters. <laughs> Do that. Oh. Help help me pronounce words. Um, what else? Uh, if you like our show, check out the <laughs> merch on the merch store. <laughs> tpublic.com slash user slash conjecture. Oh. Uh, lastly, please remember, subscribe, rate, review our podcast, whatever your platform you're listening to it on, and check out the Slash and Cast podcast network, slash and cast dot network. So that's it from the Gold Room. This has been The Conjecturing. I've been Rob. Laura. And Grish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, until next time, remember horror subjectives and conjecture away. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Let me spit it out. There we go. I spit the pacifier out.